where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hell, where do I start today? Uh, I was talking to Dan McLaughlin on the way in. He goes, who are you going to light up today, big boy? Felt like I was talking to Mike Shannon. What are you going to do, big boy? He didn't say that, but that's in my mind. That's how he said it. He really just said, hey, how are you going to light up? Uh, who are you going to light up today? And I got a whole list of things to talk about here. And by that, I've got like four bullet points. And then after that, I don't know where the hell it goes. It's just a magic. I just don't know what's going to happen. I will start with this, though. Brooke just asked me how I feel about Brittany Mahomes' uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit spread. My first thought was, I thought it was dead. So upset, there's a Sports Illustrated swimsuit still, uh, Marsh. That's we, good. We literally just talked about that yesterday, too. Like It's an upset. I thought like two weeks ago they said it was done so. There's no more magazine. They fired everybody. And now here's Brittany Mahomes. You want to talk about someone who's really gotten to benefit and suckle off the Taylor teat is Brittany Mahomes. Because most of the world thought Brittany Mahomes was obnoxious and and the brother is just the absolute pits like he's just the worst and we're like you know what uh, they're annoying but then they get in with Taylor Swift and find someone more annoying than both of them and now she's not all that bad and now she's flashing her coos all over the internet uh, for all the people to see in scantily clad uh, bathing suits so hey rock on it didn't look too bad you know it's kind of like when Sandy when you watch do you ever watch Grease you a Grease guy uh, I wouldn't say I'm a Grease guy. I'm a Grease guy. But I've seen Grease. Now, do you like Grease? Yeah, it's good. What's your favorite song from Grease? I don't have a favorite song. Oh, well, see, then you're not a Grease guy. I never said I was, My though. favorite song, I, I understand you didn't, but now I've confirmed it. Per League Sources, Marsh, not a Grease guy. But let me tell you, you got Sandy, you got uh, Grease Lightning, you mm-hmm. got Summer Lovin'. You got, That's a good one. Uh, you That's got a good hopelessly one. devoted to you, hot-ass Olivia Newton-John. You got all that. My favorite being Sandy, John Travolta, stranded at the drive-in, branded a fool. All that, right? Well, in Greece, the whole time you're seeing cute Sandra D, and you're like, oh, she's fine, whatever, hey, whatever. But then at the end of it, she shows up, and she's wearing, like, spandex pants and a leather jacket, and she's smoking, which apparently in the 60s made you a hotter broad than you are. Like, now if I saw a broad smoke, and I'd go, she's from Missouri. But then, back then... It would be like smoking made you super hot. Like, I don't know why dudes thought chicks that smoked. I think it's because of the old adage, if she smokes, she pokes. I think that might be where that comes from. But point being, you see Brittany Mahomes, and now she's doing you know layouts for Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Online. I don't know. And you're like, she doesn't look too bad. Now, you'll see her in the suite during the game with Jackson Mahomes and Taylor Swift, and they'll be cackling. Like, I was talking to Brooke about this. 
I think the, one of the things that annoys me most about Taylor Swift is that when she, they show her laughing, she has an over-exaggerated laugh that is not too dissimilar to like an evil mastermind, like a Dr. Evil laugh, mm-hmm. or like a cat lady type of laugh, like a cackle, like an old lady cackle laugh. Like the woman's got 11 cats and she cackles all the time. Like I don't know how you feel. Do you feel that way, Marsh? When you watch her laugh, is it the laugh of a cackling hyena woman? You know, I don't really pay attention to Taylor Swift when when she's when she's on the game. You know, all twenty three seconds apparently, according yeah. to the uh, analytics. Wait, I want to be clear. I'm not one of these fellas that like Cowherd talks about, like virginal dudes that say Taylor Swift ruins the game. I am not one of those people. I'm not going to bitch and say I'm not going to watch a sporting event because Taylor's on there. Uh, I but I do think that his uh, definition of people who dislike her is a bit misguided because I am not a virgin. I have had sex with a girl. Um. Yeah. So Taylor <laughs> Taylor Swift. I I really haven't paid attention to to the cackle. Um. But I guess we'll have an opportunity in the Super Bowl if she flies from so Tokyo. If, if if come on, Holmes. <laughs> what do you mean if if she flies to the Super Bowl? Give me a break. The NFL is going to give her a jet pack if they have to to get her there. Like, she's going to be there. Come on, man. Like, one she of those went, people with the jet pack on the water and she's just flying through the ocean trying be to get her. there. Dude, I uh, I used to be a big uh, Taylor Swift guy. Uh, when I heard when, about it. I was big into it. I have a video on my phone still of me and my buddy from 2000. 13 maybe uh we were we saw at the red tour and mm-hmm. that was like the last time she tried to do any kind of country music it was a wonderful album had songs like uh 22 and we are never getting back together mm-hmm. like ever and everything has changed and red which is just a great song loving him is like driving a new mm-hmm. maserati down she's got some bops street. that's that that is indisputable what is disputable is how many of those have come in the last decade. Most of her songs from the last decade are boring and terrible. But she had some great tunes back in the day. A little teardrops on my guitar, mm-hmm. a little uh, back to December, little uh, a little Tim McGraw, Hope You Think of Me. Those are bangers. What's not a banger is whatever the hell song she's singing when she's wearing cardigans and stuff. Like, there's nothing good. If you're dressed like Jackson... Your music sucks. That's my thought here. If you're wearing a cardigan like Jackson, your music is not going to be good. Hey, speaking of Tim McGraw, have you seen the show 1883? Is that the uh, that's the the prequel to Yellowstone? Yes. No, he, I, he, I need to watch Yellowstone. He's it in that good. show, and you he, you can't even recognize him. Yeah, old Timmy. Have you seen him in concert? I have not. Dude, Tim and Faith. Like a decade, 15 years ago, they did the Soul to Soul tour. There was nothing more erotic and sexy, but not in like a Skinamax Playmate of the Apes type of sexy, but like classy sexy. Then watching Tim and Faith both sitting in chairs facing each other, old school microphone in the middle of them singing, I need you. And I'm like, I'm moist. This is something. This is special. But anyway, welcome in. It is the balloon party. I'm Josh. He's Marsh. We're in uh, for the guys today. Even though I think Jackson's here. That is, uh, Jackson's just floating around. He's like, I just refuse to work with that imbecile. I will not. Marsh, you can do it, but I will not be doing well, it. Well, actually, you, I will step in here and say that I requested to be with you. Wow. Yeah. Why is that? I just, I just wanted to be here. Thanks. That means a lot to me. Yeah. My, my heart is fluttering. And it's not just my uh, blood pressure pill that I have to take every day. It's you. You've done this to me. Did you take it yet? Yeah. I think I need to lower my dosage a little bit, though. 
But either way, I don't know. I've got all sorts of issues. Uh, so, what are the kids talking about today? Well, there's Trevor Bauer that the kids are talking about mm. today. We can get into that. And uh, here, actually, let's start here. Let's start with uh, Tory Holt and the Hall of Fame. Mm. So, I lived in Houston for a decade, from 2009 to the end of 2013, and then again from late 2016 to March of 2021. And I was on the radio doing sports for most of that. And Andre Johnson was arguably the second or third best player, depending on how you want to look at it. Probably the second best player on those teams the entire time I was there with number one, uh, probably, obviously, I'd say it's J.J. Watt and then maybe Arian Foster in some years. But they had a good trio of dudes that were pretty epic. And then you'd throw in some other guys that were pretty good on those teams as well. But Andre was obviously a great player, classy type of guy, understated kind of guy, kind of the total opposite of what most receivers of that era are and this era are, which are mental cases, divas, show-offs, CTE riddled seemingly like this dude just was level-headed quiet business workmanlike right class dude good dude great representation for the city fun to watch and always came up with huge plays there was a stretch for a couple years where the Texans were decent they went 10 and 6 mm-hmm. and then they went uh, 12 and 4 the next year that was and with Arian Foster as a Arian running back Foster was era. the running back and uh, Matt Schaub was the quarterback and JJ Watt had been drafted in 2010 they were or 11 I think they were I mean they were good they mm-hmm. were solid they went to the playoffs they beat the Bengals in playoff games in back-to-back years mm-hmm. lost to uh, the Ravens one year in the playoffs lost to the Patriots the next year. But Andre Johnson, there would be a lot of games where the Texans would be down 17 3, 20-3, 17-0. And they'd rally and win, due in large part to Andre Johnson making spectacular plays down the stretch. Like if you threw it to Andre Johnson, he was going to make a play. So the fact that Andre Johnson is in the Hall of Fame is not criminal. It's not wrong. It's not bad. It's not something I would circle and say, this is an outrage. This is egregious. But the fact that the guy is basically identical to Torrey Holt, statistically, which is why you get into the playoffs, statistics, and the fact that Torrey Holt's not there and Andre Johnson is, that's the part that's criminal. What is your criteria to get into the Hall of Fame? What is the reason why Torrey Holt isn't in, and what is the reason why Andre Johnson is? Do you buy into the speculation that the NFL doesn't want too many of these greatest show on turf players in the Hall of Fame. Why wouldn't they though? Like why is it just is it just that team or is it overall? Like they don't want players like too many players from one era of any one team to be in. Is that the question? I guess so. I've heard that too. Let me here's where there's some validity to that, right? I was talking to a buddy of mine uh, who has no skin in the game. He worked in Houston, but he's not a Houston guy. Um friend of mine and I texted him last night and I said I have a take and he said, "Yeah, what's that?" And I said, "Well, I have no issue with Andre Johnson being in the Hall of Fame. That makes sense. But why is Torrey Holt, who's a candidate to be in, why is he not in? And his answer was, well, it's probably because he was second banana to Ike Bruce. And I said, why do we punish people because they played on good teams? And why do we reward people for playing on mediocre teams? Because essentially you're rewarding uh, Andre Johnson 
because he played on a mediocre team for most of his career, and he was the best player on a mediocre team. Because he got there in 03. I think he was their second top draft pick. They had Derek Carr, or David Carr, and then I believe Andre Johnson was in 03. So that guy played for some bad teams, for some mediocre head coaches, and some bad quarterback play. So he gets credit for that. But why do we give more credit to a guy who was the best player on teams that never really accomplished anything, and why do we want to punish a player who was second banana, if you will, second fiddle, but a very good second banana to Ike Bruce. Why do we want to punish that guy? Because, oh, he happened to play for one of the greatest offenses ever for a four or five year stretch. Why does he get punished for that? That doesn't make sense to me, and that's not right. And that's why I very rarely get into Hall of Fame talks, because I just, I hate it, because Hall of Fames are determined by people. People have biases, right? Mm. We talked about this yesterday. Well, that's why T.O. didn't get in right away, because they didn't didn't like him Which is embarrassing. T.O. is arguably the best receiver of the last 25 years. But because he's a head case and because he's doing crunches in his driveway and because the media hates him, they choose to punish him. That's why the Hall of Fame's a sham. That dudes can get together and say, yep, we're going to punish this guy because we don't like him. That's not how it should work. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the solution is. I don't know what you do to change that or fix that or remedy that. I don't know if you can just throw numbers into a computer, it spits it back out, and it says, no doubt Hall of Famer or not. You know what I'm saying? You could have the players, like former players that are actually in the Hall of Fame, vote on the Hall of Fame. I disagree with that, too, because they also have biases. Players that are in the Hall of Fame will probably just vote for their boys, or they'll say, like, players, what I've learned about players is behind the scenes, they'll talk trash about a lot of people and say, I'm better than this guy. But when it's public, they don't want to be known as someone dogging on dudes. Like, Jerry Rice doesn't want to sit around, I don't believe, and dog T.O. or dog, Mm -hmm. you know, Marvin Harrison or whomever. Like, I don't think guys want to do that. So I don't think that would accomplish anything. But I do believe when I look at Hall of Fame, you can tell if a guy's a Hall of Famer or not, generally speaking. Andre Johnson's in the Hall of Fame. Tory Holt is Andre Johnson. You know the Spider-Man multiverse meme yeah, they're where they're pointing, pointing at each other? other? They're the same guy, statistically. Pro Bowls, all pros. Uh, it just so happened that one guy played for a considerably better team for a small window of his career, and that player is Tory Holt, and he's being punished for that. And that's bogus. And I don't believe it's an anti-St. Louis thing. Like a lot of people I see on Twitter, oh, it's screwing St. Louis again. I don't believe that's the case because Kurt Warner is in, Ike Bruce is in. Um, you know, So I don't believe that that's the case. But if there is some sort of idea that we're in a world where, well, if a guy, you know, if a, there's too many players on one team, we can't put them in, that's absolutely bogus and it's asinine because these two guys are essentially the same player. Except Torrey Holt played in a lot more big, meaningful games than Andre Johnson did. Why does that not matter? Why does it not matter that a guy played in Super Bowls, conference championship games, playoff games? Andre Johnson played in a handful of playoff games in his career. Torrey Holt's in the Super Bowl making plays in the Super Bowl and in conference championship games, but we disregard that because he happened to play with Ike Bruce. It's garbage is what it is. But All right. I'm Josh. He's Marsh. We're in for balloon party. We still got a lot of stuff to get into. I want to talk a little bit about Bauer. Mm-hmm. We'll do that. And um, Kansas City can screw off. We'll get into that. It's Josh and Marsh. It's balloon party. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So it's been said that I am an incel. And I had to ask what an incel is, which an incel is apparently someone who hates women. Is that what an incel is? Yes. Is that, am I right? Thumbs up on that one. So basically like someone who doesn't like women, I guess. 
That's not true at all. I don't know that a gentleman who doesn't like women would tell you that he sat second row at a Taylor Swift show back in 2013 and enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, but I, I get that. There's like no real, like the arguments people make against you when you say you're just annoyed by Taylor Swift, It's there's no middle ground. It's just, oh, you hate women, huh? That's interesting. Well, my wife also is annoyed by Taylor Swift, and so are my wife's friends. Are they like reverse incels? I don't know how this works. So I was getting uh, information from our uh, great Mike Ryder. It's involuntary celibate. That is the... Oh, so what you're saying is that I am a virgin or I don't get laid is what that means. Oh, I see. Context clues. So that means, so if you're annoyed by Taylor Swift, the only option for you is that you're a misogynist who doesn't get laid. That's what this is. According to the text line. Okay. Well, that's fine. That's cool. But the text line also thinks that Grease 2 is better than Grease 1. Well, that's a good debate, and I'll tell you why that's a good debate. Because I think musically, Grease 2 might actually be better than Grease 1, and Michelle Pfeiffer is hotter than Sandra D. although I am a big Olivia Newton-John guy, especially Olivia Newton-John before, you know, Tell Me About It stud, when she was wearing the poodle skirts and stuff. That's hashtag my Olivia Newton-John, hashtag my Sandy. But musically, I think Grease 2 is underrated with a little, uh, little reproduction, little uh, gotta go back to school, little uh, cool rider, uh, uh, cool, that one. Uh, that's a solid one and a wow, 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 wow and oh and how could you forget let's bowl let's bowl let's rock and roll mm. i can do musical talk all day long maybe they're right maybe i am an incel if i listen to me talk i'd probably be like this guy's never seen a vagine you'd be wrong because i'm a noted poon hound but you can believe what you want to believe that's why i found the the, the cowherd thing like cowherd like, here's what annoys me about a lot of these national people now. They've decided that their way to get people to watch their shows and click their stuff on social media is to kind of pander to the Taylor Swift people. Like, I saw What's-His-Name doing this the other day, uh, Stephen A. Smith doing, like, whole segments of his podcast about Taylor mm. Swift. Like, homeboy, we know what you're trying to do. So you guys sit back and you tell any dudes that find Taylor Swift to be annoying that they're virgins. Same way Cowherd did with wrestling fans. He called them booger eaters forever, right? That was his whole shtick. All booger eaters watch wrestling. Then... Wow, Fox, his network picks up wrestling, and all of a sudden he's talking to Charlotte Flair on the radio, and you're like, oh, so they're not booger eaters no more, you fraud. Like, I hate people like that. Like, you speak in such a general term about people that are just annoyed. It is possible to just be annoyed by something. That is a thing. It is possible to not have a reason. We're sports fans, right? Tell me someone you sports hate. And you don't even have to have a reason. That's the beauty of sports hate. Ooh. Sports hate is you can just look at someone and go, I like Carlos Zambrano was like that for me. Ooh. I would look at Carlos Zambrano, who's always like pounding his glove and always beating us, and I'd be like, I hate Carlos Zambrano. There were just guys like that that you hate. It's called sports hate, and people who fall into that category now are Taylor Swift because she's in the sports world. Yeah, Aramis Ramirez was one of those guys mm -hmm. for the yeah. Cubs growing up. I hated he was him good, too. though, but, they, but you hate players because they're good. Though. I hated Sosa. Particularly, you hated I mean, Sammy I mean, Sosa? really, I had nothing against Sosa until the Maguire Sosa thing, and then I just hated Sammy Sosa. Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of people I hate. It's sports hate, and if you guys want to add these in, but like, I'm tired of being lectured because somehow my being annoyed by somebody makes me a misogynist, right? Like, I am in really a class of people who's on the verge of becoming extinct if the world has their way, and that is white men.
We, Marsh, you're sitting there and you're laughing. Let me tell you something that's about to happen. You, me, Rockio, who's probably also an incel, and Ryder, we're all about to become extinct. I'm fighting for us. That means I dislike the other groups. It means I'm fighting for survival here, sir. I cannot allow us to become extinct, but we're the only acceptable target. Now, you could say, Josh, that's not right. It is right. The only acceptable target for media people and social media people, white men. So if a white man says, I find Taylor Swift to be annoying, even though you've sat second row at her concert voluntarily before, and even though you know the words to virtually every Taylor Swift song before she got really boring, you're still an incel, and someone who hates women. But what do you say to the women who dislike Taylor Swift? There are a lot of those. My wife would be one of them. My wife's friends would be there. What are they? My wife, fun fact, uh, she's a radio person too. She was once called a reverse misogynist. Now we're just making ish up at this point. Is that like an Uno reverse card? Kind of. It's like, well, you're a woman that hates women. You're a reverse. And here's another fun fact about women. They all hate each other. That's the cute part. Women try to get together and say, like, we're in this together, and women, no. It's factions just like everything. Pretty women, who are the best of the women, I guess, they're like at the top of the food chain, the Regina Georges of the world, you know. They're at the top. You know who hates pretty women? Unappealing women. They don't just all love each other. You know how many unappealing women will say, like, oh, she only got her job because she's pretty? Well, you should be supporting her. She's a woman. She's a woman. That's, I mean, she's good at her job. No, she's not. She only got that. I worked harder. They only gave it to her because she's got big boobs. So don't act like all these groups of people that are marginalized all love each other. All groups of people have their own little subgroups inside the groups, and they all hate each other. That's the way the world works. The only thing is, as a white guy, everyone hates us. There's a lot of uh, gals gals out there, though. No, they're not. They all hate each other. These are facts. <laughs> the analytics back it up. Even the nicest women in the world hate other women. Like I saw Lern walk by a second ago, and she's like, hey, I'm Lern. I'm happy. I wear bell bottoms. I have cats. Let me tell you something. There's women that Lern hates. I don't know who those women are, but she hates them. Hmm. You know why? Because women hate other women. Look, I'm sorry that I'm telling you the, 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 the truth. If the truth bothers you, it bothers you, and that's totally fine. There's just facts being spit today. What are some of the other texts? Read me some of those. Uh, we had, uh, speaking of, sp- of spitting, we uh, from 314, my dude, I love when you're spitting venom. I have venom. I have so much venom. Look, I am a, I, that's who I am. I come on here and I say I have ambitions, and my main ambition is to spit venom on 101 ESPN. When Tommy Mattern, the eighth-ranked program director, according to a guy he used to employ, he... Puts me on this radio station like four times a year. So when I do that, I throw flames. I think this is your your fifth appearance, though. But it's my second in this calendar year, sir. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's so I only right. got a couple of them left, then I'm done. And then, you know, I'm done. You don't get this fire anymore. It's like vacation days, but it's you and the balloon party. That's it. They don't put me on any other show. I mean, in fairness, I have a job next door that I have to do every day from two to six. But they're like, listen, it's fun for you to come in for a little bit, bud, but there's Pakoda that needs to be talked about, and that's a little out of your pay grade. So, mm. But well, I come in on occasion and spit fire. You're more of like a fan graphs guy? Or not even that? No. Oh, God, no. Fan graphs. 
I don't even know what fan graphs are. You know what my fan graphs are? My eyeballs. I watch things and I tell you if I think they're good or not. And generally speaking, my eyeballs work out pretty good for me. So you're not an X, an X, uh, or an F war guy. Now war is wins above replacement. Mm-hmm. I know that. Uh, what does the F stand for? Yeah, I did. Hmm. So, <laughs> huh, I can see why you're only on five times a year now, you schmuck. Or a FIP. Or Fibibip? <laughs> the F is for Fangraphs. Fangraphs? Oh, okay. So <laughs> Fangraphs War. Fangra- so what's the difference between Fangraphs War and just War War? You know who I, I think I represent? <laughs> and I don't mean this as an insult to anybody who does the, like, it's heavily uh, analytical or anything. I don't mean that. Like, I, like I, I'm not. What I will tell you is this. I think I represent people who really love sports and are passionate about sports and get passionate about their teams and yell about them, but don't have the time nor the inclination to care about any of the stuff, uh, these statistics that you just mm-hmm. mentioned. I just want to yell about teams I like and speak with emotion. I'm an emotion-driven person, which back in my day is what sports radio was. It was about emotion. It was about passion. It wasn't about robots getting on the radio telling you about fips and bips and bibbidi-bops and, and whatever the basketball equivalent of a fip is or like the per 48s or per 42s. Like, I don't care about that. Here's what I care about. I have thoughts. I have passion for the things I talk about. I offer those thoughts to you. And I think I represent the masses. I, how do, are you a, an analytical person, Marsh? Uh, not really. I, I don't really care for this. I mean, I like looking up stats and, you know, using that to, you know, maybe back up some information like back up like a, an opinion that i have and but, there's nothing wrong with that by right, the way which I, you know sometimes you need to do that but i i don't really if if i'm looking at a player i'm like oh what's his f war like I, I it's just not something that i do so i i think i'd fall probably in the middle between what you are and and some of the analytical people you know what i also hate is qbr do you see yeah, on the ESPN, QBR. Like, I don't care. Like, I'll just watch a guy and I'll say, hey, I think he's good or he's bad. Like, I don't need to look at his QBR. Too many people are dependent upon, uh, upon stats. You're all brain. You're not enough C and B, baby. Like the guy in uh, that old guy in Road Trip. You're not enough, you know, I can't say it on the air. Mm. Dong and and berries. Not mm. enough dong and berries. You, you said dong saying? before. You're too many brains. No, there was, no I, I didn't say what the line actually ah. is. I had to clean it up, if you'll believe that. I cleaned that up for mm. this. Too many people, like when I turn on sports radio, and I'm not just talking about here, I'm talking about everywhere. There's not enough passion. I need passion. I need people that will speak from the heart about things and not basically try to make you feel stupid all the time. And I think that's where sports radio has taken a turn for me. When I got into it back in, really, I've been doing this for a long time, back in 06. Hell, I've been doing stuff since I was... 14 years old. I was the voice of a hockey team when I was 14 years old. Well, I wasn't the voice. I was the second period play-by-play announcer. And if you'll believe this, the color analyst. Fun fact, never played hockey. Fun fact, I got the job, notably because my dad was on the radio, and they were like, hey, does your kid want to do this? And he said, well, he loves the hockey team, the Baton Rouge Kingfish in Mm. Baton Rouge. And uh, they said, well, can he do a demo? And my dad goes, Josh, can you cut a demo? I said, well, I have a hockey video game. I'll let the computer play, and I'll just do play-by-play for that and send it in. He said, okay, 14-year-old dweeb, did the play-by-play. And before you know it, here I am, 14 years old, calling the second period of a hockey game. How did I prepare for it? I'd be at school during the day, and I had flashcards that had the name and numbers of every player from every team. So I'd be like... 
Oh, the Mobile Mystics are in town. Mm. Hold on. Number eight, such and such. And I would do that instead of studying for school. That's and that, correct. And I would, that was, thank you very much, Chris <laughs> Farley. Uh, I would do that. And then, uh, and then I would do that. My, my analysis, though, was great. I was an amazing hockey analyst. Like you listen to Jamie Rivers child's play compared to the stuff I was doing as a hockey analyst. He's a schmuck compared to me. So I would get out there and basically the only time I'd interject is when there was a face-off. And most of the time there'd be a face-off in the, I mean, obviously one of the teams is in the offensive zone when the Mm face-off comes. So if our team had it and it was in the offensive zone, I would say all right, here's what we need to do, guys. We need to win this drawback. We need to put the puck on net, and then we got to whack at it. And if we whack at it enough, maybe we'll get a juicy rebound and we'll punch one home. Only analysis I had to offer. Did it ever happen? Because as a broadcaster, you're calling a game and you're talking about the play and what could happen, and then it does happen. I mean, that is a great feeling. Yeah, Tony Romo knew that for five minutes. Now the last six years it hasn't been the case, but he had a moment where it's like, hey, <laughs> yeah. uh, my fa- I was like a regular Tony Romo. I should have been. I should have been more like Tony Romo where I say every option for what could happen and then claim I only said the one that was going to happen. Mm. Whoa, Jimmy, he might run it or pass it here, Jim. We got to see. Okay, they're running. Well, That's I'm, Tony Romo's analysis. Tony Romo likes Patrick Mahomes, likes talking Patrick Mahomes oh, up, but Jimmy, you don't. Jimmy, oh, I don't know. Hey, get, get, let's go down to Gene. Gene, what do you think? Do you think that was a catch, Gene? Like, well, I mean, we could ask you first and then go to Gene. Gene is a lifeline, Tony. Gene is there because, like, it's a really controversial call that's being reviewed, not because it's just a normal play. Every moment in that broadcast is, oh, I don't know, Jim. Let's go. Gene, what do you think, Gene? Gene, hey, Gene. I hate Tony Romo. And I and I hated him from the jump. I want to know. This is not a trendy thing. I hated Tony Romo from the beginning because everybody thought he was the most brilliant analyst on the planet. And you know who's really getting his comeuppance? Jim Nance. And you know why Jim Nance is getting his comeuppance? Because he ran Phil Sims off the broadcast so he could hire his golfing butt buddy, Tony Romo, to come in. And now all reports tell you that he's miserable doing this because Romo's an underprepared stooge. There. And now they have the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, that's not because they did anything. Right. They still suck. It's just happened that they're the rotation of suck and they're in it. There. Thank you. All right. I still have to talk about Kansas City. We got to talk about the game. I got a lot of stuff to get into. I got off on a tangent there. I apologize. What did you say that the people in the ch- in the uh, the tech said uh, that should be my name? You said Cocaine Bear? Yeah, Cocaine Bear after the movie that came out this past year. I'm aware. I didn't think it was a real thing. Have you seen the movie? No, not yet. I might watch it tonight while I do blow. Hmm. All right. Back after this. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Not to judge you or anything, Marsh, but you know Bruns on the updates. My man Bruns is in there like... Oh, he's he's ready. I texted Tommy when I heard Mm -hmm. my man and I go, this dude crushes these updates, uses audio. Why don't you use audio? I don't know. Are, are you lazy? You're a little like late. Sure. Relatively speaking, are you lazy compared to Bruns? Relatively speaking, yeah. Me too. Maybe he's just creative, though. I mean, and I don't want to steal his his thing. Playing audio in an update is considered stealing someone's material. I mean, I can replay the the audio that we've 
talked about today. There you go. Josh Ennis says that, and then, uh, yeah, yeah but do that <laughs> this afternoon. Just drop it in there and see what happens. It's not like I'm somebody adding any real insight to anything, but it'd be something if you added that, like in the middle <laughs> of the fast lane. Like, they're not even paying attention. Well, <laughs> they're just kind of half paying attention, and you're like, uh, this morning on 101 ESPN, Josh Ennis says that Taylor Swift has a flat ass, and then you just play that. And just see if anybody's paying attention. You keep them on their toes. Anyway, so um, do you think the Chiefs are going to win this weekend? I don't know. I, I you know, I, I, it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes, but I mean, the 49ers, I feel like they're due. They've been in this spot for a few years now. I feel like they're due to win a Super Bowl. They are the favorites. I, I really don't know what's going to happen. I, I mentioned on the fast lane that, and I don't know if you saw this, the moon. I keep bringing up the moon. When the moon is in, I think it's like a waxing crescent moon or a wax or whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but whenever the moon is in the certain phase that it's going to be on Sunday, yeah. the Chiefs are nineteen and one. Nineteen and one. Huh. And the last time I saw a moon stat, it was the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving when the moon was in a certain phase and they were uh well, they didn't have any wins. And so I picked the Packers that week and the Packers won. So is this what Pakoda is? No, no, no? it's okay. this is this is a different stat. This is oh. a different uh is this analytical FIP? term. Is this FIBIP? Yeah, it's X Moon. Oh, so X Moon expected though. Expected so, moon stats. So expected moon stats say that the Chiefs are a, a mortal lock this weekend. Pretty much. The moon said so. Yeah. I mean, who am I to judge the moon? Yeah, it's been around for a while. Shame on the moon. I don't know. Mm. Let me tell you this. I the whole world seems to think the Chiefs are going to win. Like, I listened to the radio, and my first inclination was the Chiefs are going to win. I'm like, what? They're getting points, and it's money line, like plus 120, 125, whatever it takes. I'm in. But because of that, I think San Francisco is going to win. I think I'm going to fade myself this weekend. I'm going to fade myself and say San Francisco is going to win. That said, that's what I hope happens. And why do I hope this happens? Well, I was reading a story. Um, I forgot where it was from, one of the local TV stations. And there was a breakdown of how St. Louis is now a red and gold town. It's Chiefs country is what it said. Well, if it were really mm. Chiefs country, you would know that it would be Chiefs kingdom. Which mm. why, are, why are these Native Americans in a monarchy? I don't know much about like that era of history, but I don't think I'm wrong here. Were Indians, were they like, in, was that a monarchy? How did that work? I mean, I'm the wrong person to ask that question. I, I'm not much of a history buff. If anybody would like to add in on the text line, you can. Why is it Chief's Kingdom when a kingdom is ruled by a what? A king. Mm. Oh, so, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Here. So why, like, are was, are like, is the head Indian, who I would assume is a chief, thus the team is named after them, is he a king? I'd like to know. Help me out. But I was reading this story, and the story said that St. Louis is now Chief's country. That's what they said. They said it's Chief's country. And I'll give you a little bit of backstory about me, which I'm sure I've told you before, but I am from Poplar Bluff, Missouri. That's where I was born. And I've moved all over this great country because my dad is a small-time radio personality, so I've lived in a lot of towns. I've lived from Billings, Montana, to Mobile, Alabama, to Memphis, Tennessee, to Cookville, Tennessee, to Poplar Bluff, Missouri, to Springfield, Missouri, to every... I mean, I've lived in a... By the time I was nine years old, I lived in like nine different places. 
But my family is all from Poplar Bluff, and I've always been a Cardinals fan, die hard, love Missouri. Like, I felt like it was kind of a homecoming when I came back here. It was excited, right? Now, with that said, growing up, my dad, who is now 58, was a big Red fan, big fan of the Cardinals, mm-hmm. football Cardinals. He went to all the games. He would drive up from Poplar Bluff. In fact, he's got... He used to have, I think it was Roy Green's last uniform that he wore in a game. I don't know how he got it. I guess he knew Roy Green. It was the all-white uniform. Had the helmet, the shoulder pads, the leg pads, the jersey, the pants. Had it all. Then eventually it was broken, had to pawn it. But he had that for a long time. Has pictures with uh, Gene Stallings and Bill Bidwell and all these guys. Big, big red guy. So they leave. Fast forward to about 90, 91, my dad lives in Springfield, becomes a Chiefs fan because they're Chiefs fans. A lot of them are in Springfield. It makes sense. They root for the Chiefs. So as a kid, I rooted for the Chiefs, and Derek Thomas was my favorite player, and I was all about the Chiefs. Moved to Louisiana, and after that kind of part of my life, after staying there for as long as I've ever stayed anywhere, I'm a Saints fan. But I've also always been a supporter of everything that has to do with St. Louis because I love St. Louis. Getting to work here is a true, uh, I don't like to use the term blessing because I'm not a very religious person, but I consider it a true gift to be able to live here and work here because it's been my dream for as long as I can remember to go to St. Louis. Every summer I'd come up here, with my, I'd bring my wife here to games. Before that, my grandparents would bring me here. St. Louis is a special place to me, and I've always followed St. Louis sports, whether it was the Rams, whether it was the Blues. I was crushed uh, when we won the President's Trophy back in, what was it, 2000, 2001, and Mm. got beaten by freaking San Jose. And the Cardinals are like the team that I'll sob over more than any other team. I'm a diehard fan of what happens in St. Louis. I love St. Louis. And because of that, there is no way, no way, that I can allow myself to root for Kansas City, and I will not do it. Now, I am a person who holds grudges, and I am bitter about things a lot of the time. I hold too many grudges, probably, and I should do better about that, and I should try to remedy that. But I'm a grudge holder, and I will always be a grudge holder. You're taking the first step, though, by admitting the problem. I need to do that for a lot of my other problems, notably gambling. But we'll start with this one, Mm -hmm. my grudge-holding problems. Baby steps. I hate Kansas City, and the Royals are worthless, and the Hunt family is worthless, and I hate Kansas City, and the barbecue sucks, and I hate them, and I hope that they lose. I will not root for them, because there's no reason why we in St. Louis should not have an NFL football team. There's no reason other than bureaucracy and the absurdity of the NFL, because this town, when you see... The size of the city, the population of this city in the metro area, and the way this city supports teams, particularly the Cardinals over the last century. But when you look at the way this city supports teams, the fact that the NFL stripped a team from us, we're supposed to celebrate a team four hours away while they get to have the glory? Let me ask you this. Do you believe if the Royals throw away organization completely worthless but the royals if one day they said we're moving to nashville or we're moving to uh i don't know sacramento we're moving to san antonio and the royals are gone and all those people in kansas city didn't have a baseball team do you think they'd say oh boy let's root for the cardinals (laughs) no chance so why the hell because we're better should i have to sit here and act like i want kansas city to have joy 
I don't. I want them to have no joy. I want them to lose, and then I want it to just dissipate. I want it to go back to the days when Lynn Elliott's missing field goals in the playoffs. I want them to be tortured. That's how we should feel as St. Louis people, because everyone listening to this is a great sports fan. We have passion. We have passion for this city. That's the reason why Blues games have been full for the last 50-some-odd years, and that's the reason Bush Stadium, when the only other markets that were putting 3 million people into stadiums were the New Yorks and the L.A.'s. 1987, the St. Louis Cardinals are putting in 3 million people. Why? Because this is a passionate city. In no other city in America will 40,000 people go watch an XFL, UFL, USFXL, whatever the hell it's called. Nobody will. An inaugural season for a soccer team sold out. This is a passionate city. And I'm not going to sit here after the NFL bent us over and our crappy politicians bent us over and took two football teams away. Am I going to sit here and say, hey, Chiefs Kingdom, touchdown, Kansas City. Not going to do that. F Kansas City and F the Chiefs fans and F the Royals and F your barbecue. I hate you. We'll wrap it up after this. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yeah, I lived in Texas for 10 years, and I will tell you this. That there is no better barbecue in the country than in Texas. Really? And it's brisket-driven. Great Mm. brisket. Mm. I fancy myself a wannabe meat smoker. Do with that what you will. Hmm. Uh, but How long you been doing that for? Started a couple months ago. Been oh, okay. try- I'm new to the game. Gotcha. But I have a bunch of guys down in Texas who I reach out to that are like big time pit masters that go to Memphis in May and do all that stuff. And I get advice from them because I'd like to be good at smoking meat. Are you a fan of uh, like Instagram accounts that that show you how to yes. cook certain meals? My Instagram algorithm is wild. When I look into the search category, here are the two things that pop up for me. Oh okay? boy! <laughs> One is meat. So like dudes smoking meat, mm. dudes you know making briskets and everything. And Taylor Swift's flat ass. Mm. That pops up. You know what the algorithm is? That means you're looking it up. Well, I know it means. Yeah, maybe. But um, <laughs> it wasn't intentional. Uh, I think I just did it once, and then you start scrolling through videos and just start showing you all these yeah, videos. That's your Poor show girl. Prep. Yeah, it is. Poor girl, like she can't dance, and like I, what I like, basically, she's like the human embodiment of the Elaine dance, you know. And I'm like, ma'am, bless your heart. Like, there's nothing hot. She used to be cute, you know, like do it like red, and it was very cute. But like. She's not hot, but like now she's having to try to be hot. Like, ma'am, you, like most of your costumes look like you're going to Gymboree later. Like, you do not look hot. You're wearing bedazzled leotards. Like, you don't look attractive. And really, another thing, speaking of that, Travis Kelsey, a couple of, I guess it was last week, I read a story about how people are going to barber shops to get oh, the shit. Travis Kelsey. It's Forrest Gump's hairstyle. It's a high and tight. It's a fade. Rappers have had fades for a hundred years. Bobby Brown had a high top fade. He had the Gumby. Like, what are we doing? White people steal everything is what it comes down to. And they make it their own. That's how Elvis became Elvis. 
Elvis goes out, steals Hound Dog, then look at him. Now, he got his comeuppance. But and speaking of uh, Forrest Gump, he stole his dance from him, too. Yeah. See? See? Yeah. Elvis, not an original guy. Mm. Stole the music and showing that crazy little walk he just did there while he's like holding himself up on the umbrella or the uh, broom. Yep, that's exactly that's exactly what happened. So, but yes, I was reading this story. Oh yeah, people are just coming into us saying, "Give us the Travis Kelsey." If you know, you know. Which I'm going to guess that not too many people know this reference I'm going to make, and that's okay. Do you know who Boosie Badass is? I've Lil heard the Boosie. name. Oh, yeah, I know Lil, Lil Boosie. Boosie. Yeah. He uh, is a Baton Rouge, Louisiana rapper. Um, strangely, he says a lot of stuff on the internet that's borderline homophobic and transphobic and stuff. But like one out of every 10 things he says, I'm like, that kind of makes sense. And then I'm like, does this make me bad? But anyway, Boosie has the exact same hairstyle as Travis Kelsey, and he's had it for a lot longer. Hmm. So if you want the Travis Kelsey cut, show that you're an ally and go to the barbershop and say you want the Boosie cut, not the Travis Kelsey cut. You want to look like Boozy Badass. I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know what that... Actually, that's Webby. Webby's another Baton Rouge rapper. We had two relatively big rappers. What what's the other... Um, uh, bad I think, was, uh, was another one. Oh, do, we can't say that? Oh, I'm sorry. I've, I did not know that we were in the children's zone. My well, bad. I, I take it back. I don't know. I hit the button Lord. either way. I mean, you should hear some of the words that are in these rock and roll songs we play on Casey. <laughs> Boy, I, I, we're in romper room. I was uninitiated. I was unaware. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I I'm just hitting the button. You just never know. Listen, I, I respect your position because you don't know. You're in charge here. I don't have that option. I don't even have the option to turn on my own mic over here. That is true. You guys just don't trust these people at all. You're like, listen here, Stalter. You're a wild card, and I'm going to control your <laughs> microphone. I think that's what that is. I'm, this is wild. I didn't even know I didn't even have the option to turn on my microphone. You have the option to like cough. You can talk. Oh well, thank you. You can talk back to me. You can. Why would I do that? We're right that here. That is true. Hold on. Which button is that? TB board op. Yeah. You now, try if I it? do this, people won't hear me, but they'll you'll hear me. Yes. All right. No, I don't. I, I don't think that worked. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I hit the, oh, was I supposed to hit TB booth? Yeah, maybe. Oh, that went to you? Oh, did it? <laughs> well, this says TB board off. That's him. I hit TB board off. I don't know. It sounded like it was over the air. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I better go. He just gave me Fonzie thumbs, so I guess that means the show's <laughs> over. He goes, hey, we got to go. The boys are here. All right. I'll be back Monday, by the way. I will uh, be back at uh, this same time. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be here, though. I won't be. Rockio will, will be stepping in. Rockio will be here. I'm looking for, maybe we'll do some slew talk. Mm. God, I saw him tweeting yesterday about how he wanted to fight people over some slew opinion. I'm like, I want to mm. fight you for talking about slew basketball on the radio. Why are you doing this? <laughs> All right. See you Monday. You've been listening to The Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.